Morning. How's everybody doing? You're good? Barely awake? Okay. Now, I have no theological support for this, but I think uh, everybody that braved the cold, there's an extra jewel in your crown when you get to heaven, right? And so those wimps that uh, canceled service, and uh, I think they're going to suffer loss at the judgment seat. So, uh, again, absolutely no scriptural support for any of that, but uh, it's my belief. I'm sticking to it. So, uh, Before we get started, I just want to foot stomp Mike's announcement about the Conquer series. Um, I was just at uh, the Doxazo missions trip with uh, about 120 high school uh, age kids, and, and so I'm old and I'm tired. Uh, but the theme of the conference was sexual purity, and so we had some really good speakers. Cannot overemphasize what an issue that is. So, so guys, listen. Uh, it's five weeks. Uh, we're going to watch the video. We're going to get some information. And maybe you're sitting out there and you're saying, well, I don't struggle with that, or I don't, I don't have that issue. And, and I rejoice with you in that. I'm thankful that you don't. But if the statistics are correct, you know somebody that does. Because one in six men in the church struggle with that issue. One in five pastors struggle with that issue. Okay? So if it's not you, it's somebody that you know. There's a concept in... Uh, at least in Air Force doctrine, I'm sure there is in the other services. I just don't know what it is. It's called the wingman concept, all right? So when you're flying, you have a lead aircraft, and you have a guy flying over here. That's your wingman. And his job is to keep an eye out for your blind spots. So instead of two eyes looking for an enemy, you've got four eyes looking for an enemy, all right? So the wingman can see threats coming from behind you. If something, if the worst were to happen... And, and the lead aircraft gets shot down, the wingman sees where the parachute lands, and then he can direct search and rescue. Okay? So that, that's the function of a wingman. So, so listen, if, if you're not struggling with this issue, that's great, but you can be a wingman to somebody who is. And so it's five weeks, and I'm just asking you right now, make the effort to come. Uh, it's before March Madness. It's on a Monday, <clears throat> so we're not going to meet on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, okay, we're not going to do small groups initially. Uh, we may form those later. Uh, so this is this is as low threat as we could make it for guys. All right, come watch a video for an hour, get some good information, and then let's move on uh, out of our way. Okay, so just want to foot stomp that. Um, the other thing I want to say is, as I mentioned before, um, I was at the Doxazo missions trip, which was great. But I am really tired, and uh, I'm amped up on the Holy Spirit. And uh, so I've got something prepared, but I honestly don't have any idea what's going to come out of my mouth. Um, so you guys are forewarned. Uh, so we'll see. But we're with, among family, right? So that's good. All right. <clears throat> so it's hard to believe that 2017 is almost over, right? There's about 13 hours left in the year. It just went by so quick. seems like uh, we were just at this point last year. Um, for some of us, 2017 can't end soon enough. It's been a rough year. Um, and, and some of you have taken down your Christmas decorations, uh, right? The, the excitement of Christmas is over. 
so the Christmas decorations are down. Some of the presents are broken. Um, some of them have been returned because they didn't fit. You finally tried them on and they didn't fit because of all the Christmas candy or whatever you ate. Um, or for whatever reason. Uh, and there's this lull, right? There's this letdown. It's just like, okay? Um, and so it's natural at this time of year to think about the new year, what's coming, to anticipate what's going to come. And, and so some people make resolutions, right? I am not one of those people uh, because uh, I usually make a resolution to get fit or something, and then I never, I never follow through, okay? But according to our overlords at Google... Uh, and this is based on uh, the number of searches. Lots of people make resolutions. So the top five resolutions okay, these are the top five New Year's resolutions. Staying fit and healthy. Losing weight, which I don't know why those are different. but um, Living life to the fullest. Getting or staying organized or learning a new skill. Right? So there's something you always want to do. You want to take up pottery or woodworking or whatever it is. Um, so learning a new skill. So those round out the top five. Those five account for 159 million searches. Okay? So half the U.S. population, 159 million searches. That's a lot of resolutions. All right? And why do people make resolutions? Well, at the heart of it, is there's a you're dissatisfied with something, right? So either you have you you put on too much weight, or or you've always wanted to learn Italian, or whatever it is. There's something about your life that you're not satisfied with, and so you want to do something to change it. Okay. So we've I've titled this message um, "Faithful and Fruitful: A New Year's Resolution," and. And this message was born, is born, out of my dissatisfaction with our fruitfulness as a church. Okay? Now, before you guys tune me out, before you start composing an angry email to Mike, uh, um, before you don't listen to anything, this, this is not the airing of grievances. Okay? Let's see how many Seinfeld fans there are out there. Okay? Um, so listen, hear me. I am not singling individuals out. I'm not trying to uh, say anything negative. What I'm trying to say is, for us as a church, we celebrated some, some pretty good things last year. We celebrated 20 years as a church. Uh, so we've been faithful in a lot of ways. But guys, listen, we weren't very fruitful last year. And, and, and for whatever reason, I don't, I, know what, I don't know what that reason was. I know a lot of, a lot of us diligently shared our faith. Okay? Um, I know a lot of us worked hard at evangelism. For whatever reason, we weren't fruitful. Okay? And so that's what I'm, I'm not satisfied with. Okay? If you look... No, I have the wrong... Okay, we'll just go there. Um... Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It's called the Great Commission, right? And, and Jesus is with his disciples. It's after the resurrection. They're fishing, and, and he, he makes breakfast. And he, and, he, and he gives them a command. He says, go into all the world and make disciples. 
baptizing them and, and teaching them to obey all my commands, right? And that command has never been rescinded. Through millennia of church history, that, those are still our marching orders, to borrow um, a military metaphor. Okay? And for whatever reason, we didn't do that last year. To my knowledge, we didn't. Uh, we had a baptism, and we didn't baptize anybody last year. Okay? And so that's where the dissatisfaction comes from. I, again, please, please, please do not hear me as saying I'm upset with you guys individually. Please don't hear that. Okay, what I'm saying is, is that I think, for whatever reason, we missed out on something as a church last year. And I don't want 2018 to be that way. I want us to experience the, the, the crazy joy of seeing people come to faith, the, the crazy joy of seeing us grow in maturity in 2018. Okay, I want us to be faithful, and I want us to be fruitful. So if you guys hear that I'm angry with you or I'm upset, you have totally misheard me. All right? And, and you can email Mike about whatever, whatever you're upset with me about. All right. You're welcome. All right. So, so this, this really comes out of John 15, 4 through 5. That's where we're going to start. We're not going to stay there very long. Uh, John 15, it says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Okay? So there's an expectation. Jesus has an expectation that we're going to bear fruit. If we're called by his name, we're going to bear fruit. And I want to just quickly, what do I mean by... When I say faithful and fruitful, what do I mean by that? Because I can say that, and, and that would mean different things to different people. Okay. When I say faithful, I have in mind 2 Timothy 1, 13-14. Okay, this is Paul's last letter to Timothy, his beloved son in the faith. Uh, Paul's, Paul doesn't have very long on this, on this earth left, and he's writing to Timothy. Okay? And this is what he tells Timothy. Uh, Earlier in the chapter, he tells them to fan into flame the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then he says this. He says, follow the pattern of the sound words you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. And so what Paul is telling Timothy, he's like, what I've taught you, those great doctrinal truths about grace and salvation and the person of Christ, all those truths that I've taught you, hold on to them. Hold fast to them. Have a death grip on those, on those truths. Okay? The early church, guys, was under incredible pressure from persecution to abandon those truths. All right? If, if you read Fox's Book of Martyrs or, or any kind of history, the, the, the early church faced intense persecution until about 325, 350 to abandon those truths. And Paul is saying, don't do it. Hold fast to it. Okay? Now, we don't have the same level of persecution that the early church did. But we have societal pressure. We have cultural pressure to abandon those truths. Right? Um, we've talked before. There's challenges to the historicity of the, of the Genesis account. 
There's uh, challenges to watering down the gospel. What does it mean? Uh, There are challenges to what it means to be men and women made in the image of God. There are all kinds of pressures on the church to abandon historical faith and doctrine. And I'm not a prophet, uh, but I think, you know, we've passed a turning point. And and those pressures are not going to lessen. If anything, they're going to get worse. And so the same thing that Paul is telling Timothy, Paul is telling us, hold fast to those doctrines. Okay? By and large, I think we do a pretty good job of that. Uh, and I can, with, I, with 100% certainty, I, I can tell you uh, that as long as the four of us are elders, we're not going to abandon uh, those great truths. Okay? Um, so unless something happens to all four of us, yeah, I don't, I don't see that changing. Um, and then, so what do I mean by fruitful? Okay, well, when the scriptures speak of fruitfulness, they speak of it in two aspects. There's internal fruitfulness and there's external fruitfulness. So internal, think Galatians 5, 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Who had the song running through their head when I just said that? Okay, well, you do now, right? Yeah, every time, our, every time our family talks about that verse, we all break out into song, which I won't do for you right now. Uh, okay? All right. So, so there's in, internal fruit. Internal fruit is maturity in Christ. Right? You're growing more Christ-like. Um, you're growing more in grace. You're, you're, you're taking on those characteristics. But there's also a sense in which there's external fruit. And external fruit is bringing people into the kingdom. Right? Colossians 1.6. Uh, Paul is talking about the gospel. Which has come to you as indeed in the whole world, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing. As it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Okay? So when I say fruitful, there's, there's two aspects to that. I want us to grow in maturity, and then I want us to uh, be fruitful to bring people into the kingdom. So how do we do that? Well, I want to suggest four ways, four resolutions that we can take uh, to do that. Uh, these are just the four that, through prayer, I thought of. You may think of more, um, but these are four. The first is resolve to pray, to pray more and to pray more effectively. Okay? And really, this is foundational. If you don't get anything else, get this. Uh, Psalm 127.1, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Okay? So listen, uh, we can have all kinds of programs, we can do all kinds of things, but if God is not in this, if God is not working, uh, then everything that we do, we're spinning our wheels. Okay? Because what we're talking about is we're talking about heart changes in us and heart changes in other people. We can't do that. We have no ability to do that. Uh, Mike is a great teacher, uh, and I really enjoy his teaching, but Mike has no ability outside of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, to, to affect anything. Okay? And neither do any of us, the rest of us. All right? So if we don't get this, whatever else we do, it doesn't matter. All right. 
And then so, so we need to pray. We need to pray for pray in a certain way uh, and for certain things. And so we look to Christ's teaching and, uh, and Paul's teaching. You know, when, when you ask somebody to pray or, or you send out a prayer request, usually it has something to do with uh, healing or comfort or safety. <clears throat> Guys, there's nothing wrong with any of that. Uh, the, the Scripture commands us to pray for those things, okay? But Scripture also prays, commands us to pray for other things. And so one of, a couple of those things is found in John 17, 21, 24. This is Jesus' high priestly prayer. It's, it's before he goes to the cross. And he's praying. He says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's all of us. Right? So he's praying for his disciples, and he was praying for us. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Okay? So when we're praying, there's nothing wrong with praying for safety. There's nothing wrong with praying for health. Okay? We need to pray for unity. And we've said this before. Unity is not conformity. Our statement of faith is, is, is pretty, uh, pretty broad. If you can affirm the Nicene Creed, we're happy to call you a brother and sister in Christ. So you don't have to believe. Uh, we don't all have to believe in lockstep. But we need unity. We need unity of purpose. We need unity of mind. Okay? So that we're all on the same page going forward, so that we're all united, so that we're all committed to each other. Right? That's the unity that Christ is talking about. So that we can move forward into 2018 as one body. United, we're all going the same direction. We're all going the same way. That's what we want. And the effect of that is, as we're doing that, to the extent that we're doing that, the world is going to believe that Christ, believe in Christ, and that God sent him. Okay? And then we want to pray things like Philippians 1, 1, 9. Um, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. Okay? So this is knowledge about God. So we want to pray that, that you have more knowledge and more discernment. That you're able to discern uh, good from evil. That you're able to, to walk. As Colossians 1, 9, 11 says, So from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy. That about covers everything. Would you like somebody to pray that for you? I hope you would. Uh, you know, when my name comes up on the prayer calendar, that's you can just pop there and just put my name in, and, and that would be great. Okay? Pray, knowledge, wisdom, that we'd walk worthy of God, that we'd bear fruit in every good work. Okay? Let's pray that for each other. Ephesians 15. 1, 15 through 21. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love 
toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at, the, at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is, to be, that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Okay? All right? Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope. That you remember, what's, what's the hope you've been called to? All right? We may know what our riches, the riches of our glorious inheritance is. Okay? Those are all great things to pray for each other. There's absolutely nothing wrong with praying for, for health, safety. Uh, but in addition to those things, let's pray for those things. Let's pray for fruitfulness and good works. Let's pray for more of Christ's knowledge uh, to be evident in our lives. Okay? And then we need to pray for unbelievers. Um, you know, there, there's people right in this neighborhood that don't that know, don't know Christ, um, and and so let's pray for them to come to faith. Let's let's pray for for you know this. God has planted us here. We've rejected a couple of offers to move. So so we're staying. We're planting. We're planting our flag here, unless you know God does something else crazy. Um, so let's pray for people in this neighborhood to come to faith. Let's pray that we're a lighthouse uh, to people in this neighborhood. I was thinking of a, of a non-stalker way to find names. Uh, so I may still try to do that, but uh, uh, maybe I'll just pretend I'm selling something. And, uh, but anyway, um, you know, let's, let's, let's pray. And, and we all have people in our lives uh, that we want to see come to faith. Let's pray for them. Pray for them by name. Okay? And pray for them believing that God is going to answer those prayers. You know one of the greatest verses in prayer is, uh, is Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4.16. Right? And it says we can come boldly to the throne room of grace. Boldly to the throne room of grace. Right? To the, to the very throne room that when Isaiah saw it, and he saw God seated in the throne room. He said, Woe is me, I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips. All right? And in prayer, we can enter boldly into that and ask God. Ask God. And, and Scripture says we can get help in the time of need. As you, can hang, you can hang your hat on that promise. Okay, So pray. Pray these things for each other uh, and pray boldly. All right. Uh, second. Resolve to love God with all my heart, soul, and mind. Okay? That's uh, the first and greatest commandment. Okay? That first verse up there is the Shema, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. That was Moses to the children of Israel. Okay? And in Matthew 22, Jesus is asked, he says, uh, somebody asked him, what's the, what's the greatest commandment? And this is his response. 
Okay. Uh, this was one of the topics at the men's advance. Uh, hopefully a lot of the men heard it. Uh, it was a great message. If, if you didn't hear it, go to the website and listen to it, whether you're a guy or not. Um, uh, but it was about loving God. And, and what Mike said is that loving God means that God is preeminent in our thoughts and our affections. There's nobody that we love more than God. And I bet if we took a poll, 99 out of 100 of us would say that we love God. Uh, but probably if we're honest, the 99 out of 100 of us could say, uh, couldn't say that we love him with all of our heart. Okay? And again, guys, we don't do this perfectly. I understand that. But, but the, what I'm trying to say is we need to resolve to love God more. And so how do we do that? Um, let, me, let me try to illustrate. I'm going to embarrass my wife. Not intentionally, uh, but I'm going to talk about her, which she doesn't like. Um, 24 years ago, when I married my beautiful bride, I loved her. I loved her a lot. Um, uh, 24 years later, guys, I love her more than I did the day I married her. And I love her more today than I did when I married her because I know her better. Right? So over and over and over, she has proven her godly character. Okay, uh, when I would, we'd be getting ready for a move, and I would come and I would say, "Honey, we're moving." And oh, by the way, I am going to get deployed, and I'm leaving. And so you got to pack us out uh, through separations, through being away from family, over and over and over. She's proven uh, what kind of woman she is. I know her better now, 24 years later, than I did then. Well, guys, the same thing is true of God. Okay? The more you get to know God, the more He carries you through things, the more you um, are in fellowship with Him, the more you love Him. Okay? And so, so how do you do that? Right? Would it surprise anybody if I said, read your Bibles? your shocked faces, right? Yeah. Reach Bibles, guys. Because that's what tells us about God. Alright? I think everybody should read the Bible completely, cover to cover. Okay? But if that's too much, um, read the Psalms. You know, focus on those passages that talk about God's, God's grace and His majesty and His glory. Alright? Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to make those verses come alive to you. All right? And as you do that, guys, as you're putting God's Word into you, and as you're focusing and you're meditating and you're churning on those verses, you cannot help, you cannot help but love God more. All right? In your study sheet, there, there's uh, several reading plans. Some of them are short, some of them are long. Uh, check some of those out. Read your Bibles to love God Love God more. All right. Resolve to redeem the time. Uh, the ESV says to make, take advantage of every opportunity. Okay. I chose the King James version. King James version. That's for you, Daniel. It's the one and only time. Uh, okay. When Paul says redeem the time, it's it's a marketplace term that he's using. Okay. 
and he's talking about buy back the time because the days are evil. So buy back the time. Uh, would anybody argue that the days are evil? Right? We all know the days are evil. Um, and so Paul is saying, buy back the time. And, and the word that he uses for time is keros, and it doesn't necessarily mean uh, days or hours. What it means is seasons, uh, seasons or time periods. So, so for all of us, we're all in different seasons of life. We're all in different periods of life. What Paul is saying to us is whatever season you're in, make the most of that season. Redeem that time. If, if you're a college student, uh, you have more flexibility. You may not think you do, but you do. Um, use that time. Use that time to, to, to plug in, to, to study the scriptures, uh, to engage unbelievers. All right? If you're a young mom, you're home with young kids, uh, you know, use that time. You know, maybe, you're, maybe you're not going to have an immaculate house or you're not going to have Pinterest-worthy dinners. Uh, but use that time to pour into little kids. Right? Teach them Bible stories. Uh, 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 I just lost my train of thought. Who, who was it in the Bible that learned at their mother's knee? Timothy. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Okay? Take that time when your kids are, are, are running around Okay, to sing Bible songs, to, to put that into them. Okay, if you're an empty nester, all right, you have no kids, all your kids are gone. You successfully launched them, or launched most of them anyway. Uh, uh, take that opportunity to come alongside that mom who's going crazy with the little ones. Okay, or the singles who are trying to figure out uh, where they fit. Invite them into your community. Okay, whatever season of life you're in, Paul is saying, redeem the time. All right, I was going to go on a rant about social media, but for time, I'm not going to. Um, okay. Okay, and then resolve to encourage. This is the last one. You guys stick with me. Um, you know, one of the reasons people don't follow through on their New Year's resolutions is because there's nobody to hold them accountable. Right, so you resolve you're going to go to the gym. Uh, you get up on January 2nd, you go to the gym, you're the only one there. Uh, maybe you make it to the 4th, but you know, by the 10th, uh, you're, you're, you're paying your gym membership, but you're not going, because right? there's nobody to hold you accountable. There's nobody to encourage you. All right? Hebrews tells us to encourage one another. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Okay. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Okay. And again, I'm not a prophet, but guys, we're one day closer to Christ returning than we were yesterday. Okay. So whenever that is, uh, we're one day closer than we were yesterday. All right? And, and, and this verse is telling us to exhort one another, spur one another on to love and good deeds. And I love that, uh, I love that this church spends a lot of time after service talking um, and fellowshipping. Uh, and I'm not saying don't ever talk sports or food or politics or, or hunting or whatever it is you talk about. 
what I am saying is, um, when's the last time you came to church and you walked away challenged by somebody or, or feeling encouraged by somebody? Hopefully, hopefully that happens all the time. When's the last time we came intentionally looking to spur somebody on? Okay? So, so I'm not saying don't ever have those conversations. What I'm saying is, is in those times when we're here together, let's think about how we can spur one another on. Let's think about how we can exhort one another. Let's, see how, let's think about how we can uh, talk about good works. Okay? And that's going to involve... Uh, hey, what's going on in your life? What, what, uh, what are you learning? What is God teaching you? What ministries are you involved in? How can I pray for you? All those kinds of things. All right? Let's exhort one another. Let's encourage one another. Okay? Um, Okay, I want to. I want to kind of end. We're gonna. We're gonna end a little differently. All right. Um, I want to. I want to take us back around where we started. And then what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm gonna. We're, we're going to take a few minutes to quietly pray and to think about uh, how we want to be faithful and fruitful in in this next year. Okay, pray for the church. You also have a. You have a half sheet. In uh, uh, in your bulletin, okay, and it, it's on there. It's what do we need to focus on as a church in 2018 to be faithful and fruitful? Okay, there's three spots on there. If you only have one thing, just fill out one thing. Um, if you don't have anything, then then that's okay too. Um, I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to ask you guys to pray quietly, silently. And I'm going to ask you to hand those. Um, Sheets to the center, so the outside for you guys in the middle, the outside, and then I'm going to come collect them. Uh, for the worship team, uh, when I come off the stage to, to go collect them, that's your cue uh, to come up. Okay, But I want to end here. Okay, John, Go back to John 15. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. So at the end of 2018, I want us as a church, as a body, to look back and say, we did this. We glorified God. Okay? We glorified God as a body. We bore fruit in 2018. I want that for all of us. I want that for me. I want that for you. I want that for, for us as a body. Okay? So let me pray first. Father, you are... You are gracious. You are merciful. Um, Father, you are so good to us. And, and God, it's our desire. It's our desire to bear fruit. God, whatever that looks like in our individual lives, it's our desire to bring you glory and to bring you honor. Dear God, to bear fruit, dear God, to make much of your name, to lift your name high, dear God. Father, that, uh, uh, that we can know, Father, that, uh, uh, that we are growing in grace, we are growing in, in uh, our love for you, in our likeness to you, dear God. 
Let other people see that. Father, we want to, to see people come to faith. We want through our efforts, through you working through us, not through our efforts, Sir God, because our efforts are useless, but for you, we want to be used by you to bring glory to your name. Father, would you help us to do that? God, would you just uh, be honored in our lives, uh, be honored uh, in us as a body, and Father, it's for your glorious name that we pray it. Amen. All right, so you guys pray. We're going to take three or four minutes. You guys should pray quietly.